coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our great friends at my bookie. Charlie and I are back today to give you our latest winners in our week three picks of the week. So take these picks, take your own picks, put them to use at MyBookie. And it's simple, guys. Just go to MyBookie.ag, sign up for a brand new account. And when you make that first deposit, use our promo code UGA and you'll get a 50% bonus on that first deposit. Make sure to take advantage of it while you still can. Again, that's MyBookie.ag, promo code UGA. So you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie but all right guys i am your host tyler and yes my coach charlie is back with me once again here at the end of the week to make our week three picks of the week week two was pretty good to me felt good about things charlie maybe kind of brutal yeah no i I mean i didn't want to say it i tried to think of a nice way to say but i think brutal is about the only word that does justice to your picks last week i went with my heart and what i wanted to happen that's that's betting mistake 101 charlie luckily i bet responsibly so it wasn't horrible i mean you have to be conservative these first two weeks when you don't really know my picks were bad but i didn't lose a ton of money but you had a good first week you had a winning first week so all in all pretty solid right Pretty solid. We all have those weeks. Trust me, Charlie, I've had plenty of those weeks, but the great thing is, Charlie, is always next week. And here we are, week three, and we're going to make up for it this week. Well, I don't have anything to make up for, Charlie, but I guess you do. So do you want to take it from here and uh, let everyone know exactly how last week went? Sure. You went seven and four. So overall, you are 13 and 10, so you're over 500. Congratulations. I will take that. I did not like the 500 a week in week one, so I'm glad to go a couple games over 500 in week two. You did hit your parlay, which was Ole Miss, Oregon, and UCF all on the money line for plus 201. Congratulations. You're 2 and 0 for parlays. I am Mr. Parlay Charter. This is my specialty. How many other parlays have you lost already? This year? Yes. One. Okay, just I've, one. That's I've won good. four and lost one. I've only put two on the show, but I've won four and lost one. That's oh. what I do, Charlie. I'm a parlay guy. I'm just used to hearing like, oh, I won the first two games and then this it one. It almost happened again. Like I had to sweat out that UCF Boys State game. And UCF was dominating that game. They were driving up and down the field and they got in the red zone and were just doing insanely absurd, crazy, ridiculous things and almost lost it. But they kicked the last second field goal end up winning by two points. They, I would have won that that spread. I had I had UCF minus three, but if they would have just, I don't know, caught a touchdown pass, I think it was literally right in the guy's hands. But, hey, they won, so they got me the parlay, and I'll take it. All right, and you also hit your first upset special of the season with Texas over Alabama. Congratulations again. Um, I guess you know what you're talking about sometimes. I mean, every now and then, occasionally. So, upset special, you are 1-0. Then we look at my picks from last week, and it's not Don't be too hard on yourself, Charlie. We all have those weeks. went a wonderful 2-5. Overall, that's 6-8. So, not... I feel like you were close on some. Do you have your handy-dandy notebook with you right here? I do, but we're not going to get into all that. I feel like, looking at your picks, you're pretty close on a lot of them. Yeah, well... Not close enough. Well, that's how betting works. Um, I did get my parlay right, so I'm one and one for parlays, and I did not hit the upset Yeah, special. Illinois, not so much. Didn't work out. No, it was a tough one on not. Friday night. Yeah, it was a tough one. So what are your thoughts on week two? 
Yeah, all around better. I, I don't like going 500. Definitely don't like going under 500. It's 500 week one, which, you know, for the first week of the season, when you don't really know what's going on with all these teams, I'll take it. But I'm really excited to have that 7-4 and four week, put some money in my pocket with my bookie. So very excited about that. Again, that UCF game, I was sweating out. But hey, nailed that one. And bam, I like, come on. I, I almost talked myself out of that one. I've been telling you guys all summer long that Texas was going to win that game. And I almost talked myself out of it as we got closer. But no, I stuck to my gun, so I'm proud of myself on that. There have been times in my past, Charlie, my betting history, where I've talked myself out of games like that. But this time... I stuck to my guns, as I told you guys on the show last week. There's, there's a reason I felt so strongly about Texas all summer long. So I stuck with it, and it paid off, and now Texas fans are screaming for Georgia. Do you see that, Charlie? Now they're chanting, we want Georgia? Yes. All right, bring it on. Let's go. Let's have it. Absolutely. Next year, I mean, maybe this year, but definitely next year that'll happen. So, yeah, good week two, and I think uh, we're going to carry that momentum over into week three. All right, you ready to go? Let's go. All right. Last week was awesome. It was full of big matchups and fun non-conference games. But this week mm, leaves a little to be desired before things pick back up in a big way next week. But every year when we have weeks like this and people are complaining about the slate, crazy things tend to this happen. Is like, this is upset city, Charlie. Yeah, this almost, is always what happens. Almost without fail. So let's just hope we aren't on the receiving end of the crazy Why are you even putting that part. juju out there in the world? Sorry. Come on. I mean, it's just Come on. reality. I mean, Dang yeah, I, I, I do hope that does not happen, but some things don't need to be said, Charlie. Okay. Anyways, so talking about Georgia, okay, the first two weeks have been, I mean, Cupcake City, but that's over now, or maybe not. I mean, maybe not. I mean, last year was 48-7. Dogs are nearly a four-touchdown favorite over South Carolina in the season, SEC opener, excuse me. It's not the season it's opener. Not the, it kind of feels that way. Because, like, don't you get that feeling, Charlie, the first two weeks? It's like almost like those were like glorified scrimmages, right? And yes. it's just like, did we even play real games? But now they, they are real games now, for sure, officially. All right. Well, Georgia delivered a 48-7 to beatdown to the Gamecocks in Columbia last year, which made baking in the sun in Williams-Brice Stadium a little more. Bearable. A little bit more bearable, Charlie, but you gotta you gotta hunt that shade in that stadium. Yeah, but the Gamecocks are looking to shock the world on Saturday. They're gonna give it their best or shot. So they think. Uh, Spencer Rattler has been playing well, but Vegas isn't giving the Gamecocks much of a chance on this one. They're they are excuse me a twenty seven and a half point underdog. Trivia time. Trivia time. Let's go. I love trivia. Who was the last team not named Georgia to win in Sanford Stadium? How dare you! I mean, I know you How know the answer. How dare you? Why would you do this? Do what is wrong people? with you? I think everyone knows, Charlie. Okay. okay. See, I think I can remember the date. It was October. Of we usually, course you do. We usually play them in September, early September. We usually play them like week two or week three. Look this up for me, Charlie. I, I'm doing this. Verify I'm doing this without without looking. I I'm, It was October. It was like, it was two weeks before my birthday. I'm going to say like October. I'm trying to think back. 11th or 12th? One of those two. I'm going to go October 12th, 2019? You are correct. Did I get that? Did I nail that? Oh my God, did I? Yeah. See, some things just get seared into your mind, Charlie. It happens. Like, you just, those moments, I can I cannot get away from. So yeah, I, I do remember Charlie. And um, yeah, I guess thanks for bringing that up. I'm not sure why that had to be said, but hey, 
It was said. All right. Well, tell us briefly because people can listen to the South Carolina oh breakdown episode. There you are with it briefly. Well, you have a whole episode on it. I do, but I want to like people want the prediction. Okay. Well, right. So give us the prediction, okay. not an entire game breakdown for both sides of the ball. Okay. Summary. Here we go. All right. Summary. I don't exactly know how good we are at this point. That's that's kind of where I am with this team. I'm not exactly sure what we have. I don't know because, again, like I said earlier, we've basically had more or less two glorified scrimmages in this game. So I don't know exactly what to think about this team right now. I do know that we are good. I know that. My question is, how good are we? We were doing so many different things, trying to work on so many different young players and experienced players. We weren't featuring our best players the first two weeks of the game, our first two weeks of the season. So I, you just don't know exactly how good we are. But here are a few things that I do know. I do know that our roster is just overall significantly more talented than the roster that South Carolina is going to bring into Sanford Stadium on Saturday. That is without debate. There's no disputing that. I also know that South Carolina might have the worst offensive line in the entire league. And guys, that is not hyperbole. You heard me say it on the on the preview episode. 10 sacks. 10 sacks in two games. Nine of them against the only Power 5 opponent they played. And that only Power 5 opponent that they have played was North Carolina, who almost got beat by Appalachian State. Gave up 30-plus to Appalachian State last week. I know Appalachian State's a solid G5 program. Come on. And that UNC defense... Nine sacks? They lit them up for nine sacks? I mean, come on. This offensive line is terrible, and it's not even just pass protection. What did they rush for against North Carolina? Yeah, minus two yards. Minus two yards against North Carolina. They were under three yards per rush last week against Furman. This is an offensive line that's struggling, guys, and it's not just the numbers. The numbers tell you the story, but if you actually watch them play, like I know a lot of you have, it, it matches exactly what you're seeing. They are dreadfully bad on the offensive line. That's not usually a recipe for success against the Georgia defense. We know that. Now, I also do know that Spencer Rattler is playing at an extremely high level right now. For all the, the grief I've given this guy over the past year or so, right now he's playing at a really high level. Now, I was against North Carolina, who was a, you know, it's a power five team, so give him that. Furman, he was almost perfect against Furman, but it's Furman. But he's playing at a really high level dating back to the last couple games of last year. But here's the thing with Rattler. He's always one game away from completely wetting the bed and losing his mind. When we played them last year, we held him to a season low 118 yards passing. Two interceptions, no touchdowns. The guy had no clue what's going on. That was early in the year, so he's kind of transitioning and learning that new system. I'll grant him that. But he is so hot and cold, so up and down, you just never know what Spencer Rattler you're going to get. Now, they have gotten good Spencer Rattler recently. But how long is that going to last? He's got that in him. He's got that dud in him. And you never know when that dud is going to happen, when he's going to drop that. So it very well could be this week. But when you look at the, the matchup here, I'm, I'm a matchup guy, right? Overall talent certainly does matter. But what are the matchups? The matchup that does concern me here is Xavier Leggett. If Juice Wells is back and really healthy, that's a really, really strong one-two punch at receiver to go along with the quarterback and Spencer Rattler, who, again, has been playing well right now. We have some untested players in secondary with, we know what we have, we have with Kamari Lasser and Malachi Starks. We know what we have there. D Dalen Everett, still untested. We don't really know. That's going back to what I said at the outset. Like, we don't know. 
it looks like Javon Bullard, there's a very good chance he's not going to play. In fact, I would lean right now towards saying he's not going to play in this game. And David Daniel probably sees some significant snaps. We've seen him in third down packages, but we haven't seen him in a full game setting like this. Dirty Dan Jackson, we've seen this guy start multiple games, but he's not Javon Bullard. So if they are fully healthy at receiver and, and they have the good Spencer Rattler, you know, we know what kind of issues we've had with past defense going back for the past year or so. That could be troublesome for us. We know the run game hasn't been particularly strong so far this year. Now, is that just a function of who we're playing and kind of working guys into the system and doing different things and having a high intensity level? Maybe, possibly. We detailed that earlier in the week, though. It's not pretty. It's a, it's a multitude of things. It's different factors that are contributing to our, our inconsistencies in the run game right now. But when it comes down to at the end of the day, that's about the only matchup I think favored, could potentially favor South Carolina. I'm not convinced it does favor them, but I'm open to the idea that it could. Outside of that, there's not a matchup in this game that favors them. We are we are significantly better along both lines of scrimmage. I don't know how they're going to keep Spencer Rattler upright. I mean, we're not going to sack him nine times. We're not going to put those numbers. That's just insanity. It's almost impossible for that to even happen. I don't even know how North Carolina did that. But we're going to pressure him. And I know traditionally over the past couple of years, we have not had a particularly strong natural pass rush under Kirby Smart. It's not exactly what we do defensively. But this is the kind of game where we might actually have that. You, I think Michael Williams is going to have, potentially could have a field day in a game like this. I think guys Guys like Christian Miller and Warren Brinson on the interior of the defensive line could have really big days. I think even Marvin Jones Jr. on the edge there, I think he could have a big day. So I think that we're going to keep them off balance offensively. I think we're going to keep Spencer Rattler running for his life in this game. And I think we're going to be able to shut down the run. If we, and if we shut down the run and they can't protect the quarterback and like we know they're, going to, they're put in obvious passing situations, they have no chance to beat us. And that's kind of where I am in this game. I know they have two good receivers and they might score a couple of touchdowns here or there. I don't know, maybe possibly. They do have some legit receivers. They can't run the football. And but that's and that's the that's the thing. They can't run the football. We have a very strong run defense. And we're I think we're gonna be able to consistently keep them behind the chains. And when we do that, we're gonna put them in those obvious passing situations. And that is where we're going to be able to get exotic, bring some pressure, and South Carolina, their offensive line is simply not going to be able to handle that. So I just can't imagine their offensive line. They might get a play here or there, find an explosive play, but I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball consistently enough to be able to beat us. I think that we are going to win this game comfortably. Again, I don't exactly know how good we are right now. We're good. How good remains to be seen. We'll start to find out more this week. So I do think that we will win this game comfortably. But 28 points is a lot, Charlie. I know that we went into Columbia last year and won by 40-plus. But here's the other thing to factor in, Charlie. The new clock rules are really reducing the number of possessions that teams have. And we had two possessions in the first quarter last week. Everyone's all up in arms about the slow start to the game. It's like, yeah, we had two possessions in the first quarter. Like we, The first one, we drove right down the field, and we kind of stalled out in the red zone, made some mistakes and miscommunications. But we moved the ball fairly well. It's just we only had two possessions in the first quarter. So that I don't know if you're going to see as many massive blowouts in some of these conference games as you have in the past because teams are not going to get as many plays. They're not going to get as many possessions. And that could potentially reduce the margins in some of these games. So I do think that we win this game. I think that we have the matchup advantages here. I think we have more overall roster talent. I think our coaching staff is better. They're going to come out swinging. Of course they are. If it's a two-time defeating national champion, guys, you get, just get used to it. We're going to get everyone's best shot, everyone's best game. Just, just bank on it. Just expect that to happen. They're, coming, they're going to come in fired up, nothing to lose. I expect them to throw the kitchen sink at us, but I think that we will be game for that. We will be prepared. Again, I love our coaching staff. They always tend to have us prepared. So dogs win. Dogs win comfortably. But with some of the running game issues and the fact that we just simply are not going to get as many possessions as you have in years past, I don't think that we cover the spread. 
I obviously hope that I'm wrong here. I'm not putting this one on the card, Charlie, because I'm not overly confident, because I do think that we are 28 points better than South Carolina. I just don't know right now with the new clock rules. Again, I'm just not exactly sure how good we are. I'm not super confident there, but I am confident we're going to win and win by a fairly comfortable margin here. Just I don't know if it's going to be 28. All right, yeah, I'm definitely not putting that on my card, and I don't think we'll cover, which means they probably will. I mean, that's usually how it works out. I I know you always get scared by these big lines. Yeah. It scares you away. Yeah. But, I mean, we typically, I mean, I shouldn't say typically, but we oftentimes do cover. Like, we blow teams out. Just, I don't know, with the new clock rules. Like, don't you get that? Like, you're watching some of these games. We don't, we're not getting as many possessions. Right, that's fine, yeah. And I'm, right now, I'm trying to, like, recalibrate my betting sense here based off these new clock rules because I'm looking I've I have put some bets down on some big lines that I think tradition normally would have hit but with these reduced possessions you're not hitting them so I think the books are going to have to adjust for that and we as betters are going to have to adjust that and right now I'm still kind of trying to calibrate that so I'm going to go I'm going to go South Carolina covers maybe slightly. I think we win by 21 to 24 points, maybe something like that. It could be a tight game at half, and I think that we could pull away in the second half just based on our overall talent level. I think we're going to be strong with in-game adjustments because I know some people don't like my Bobo. I believe in him. Obviously, our defensive staff is as good as it gets in the country. So I do think we win this game comfortably. Might might not be the faster everyone wants, but I think at the end of the day that we will pull away and win this game. Uh, going away, is that, I guess, fair to say? I guess three touchdowns is going away, right? Can yeah. we call that going away? I yeah. would say so. All right. All right, Charlie. I know that we have a lot more picks to get to, but real quickly here, while I'm thinking about it, because I will forget, I do want to remind everybody again about my bookie. Here we are. We're giving you guys our week three picks of the week, and we're going to have a bunch of winners for you guys this week. We've seen these all these teams, most of these teams, a time or two now. We've got a better feel for who they are, and each and every week when we see more and more of these teams our picks get stronger and stronger and stronger. That's how it goes each and every year. So here we are week three, and we have our best week yet. So go ahead, guys. Sign up at mybookie.ag right now so you can take advantage of these picks and use the promo code UGA if you're a brand new user, and you will get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. At the very least, guys, use the parlays. We're on fire right now with the parlays, and you can win some big money there. That's the thing about parlays. You don't have to wager a lot. Just put down what you feel comfortable with, bet responsibly, and you can win big. And we're trying to help you out with that. I, I, I like to call myself Mr. Parlay. I don't win every bet, but parlays are kind of my specialty. So I'm trying to help you guys out there. So take advantage of that. Again, mybookie.ag. Use that promo code UGA for that 50% deposit bonus so that you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie. All right, well, we have four other matchups we're going to talk about specifically, and then we'll get into the other picks. I'm sure you have like 13 or something like that. Uh, 10 or 11. Something All like right. That. Well, Brian Kelly and the Bayou Bengals of LSU are making the trip to Starkville on Saturday for an early SEC Western Division matchup. We all know what happened to LSU in the season opener against FSU, but the Tigers are looking to get conference play started off on the right foot with a win over Mississippi State. The Tigers are currently sitting there as a nine and a half point favorite on my bookie, and I can't believe this line. You think it's too low? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. But I'm I am gonna put this on my card and I'm picking LSU to cover the nine and a half, so I will be marking that down. Now I know you've been down on Mississippi State so far this year. Oh yeah. Um what 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 do you think here? I think they're better than I thought they would be coming into the year, but the problem is they're they're running the ball really well. So kudos to them. Now, have they been challenged yet? No, not really. I mean, 
Arizona was a power five team. Arizona cannot stop the run and save their life. They ran all down Arizona's throat. Are they running better than us? Well, I mean, just about every team in the SEC right now. We're like seventh. We're like middle of the pack right now in the SEC. But yes, they are running better than us right now. They have a better running back. Woody Marks is way better than anybody that we have right now. So, yeah, that's crazy thing. The Mississippi State is a better running back than we do. But, uh, yep, here we are. Yeah, I'm down on Mississippi State still because Will Rogers is not a fit for that system. They were able to protect him against Arizona. He's not the guy that he was in the air raid system. Now, you can get away with that against Arizona and FCS teams that they played in week one. You're not going to get away with that against LSU. LSU is going to be able to hold that run game in check, much more so than Arizona did. And they're going to force Will Rogers to have to beat them with his arm. Now, I know you might say, well, Will Rogers is bearing down on like the all-time SEC passing records. Yeah, air raid. Will Rogers. This is not air raid Will Rogers. This is pro style Will Rogers, and he's doing things he's never had to do. He's turning his back to defenses on play action. He's having to take these drops that he's never had to take. He's having to go, read different types of coverages that he's never had to see before. And LSU is going to, in my opinion, give him a lot of things to think about. And they're going to confuse him, and they're going to make life difficult for him in that Mississippi State backfield. And I think that LSU is going to win this game and win this game comfortably. I am with you, Charlie. I am I am surprised by the nine and a half points. I feel like this is an overreaction to what happened against Florida State and the final score, the margin of that game against Florida State. But as most of you out there did, you watched that game against Florida State. LSU dominated the first half. They just didn't capitalize on the opportunities that presented themselves. Now, Florida State controlled the second half and they did capitalize. But LSU, if you look at the final mar- the yardage margins, they're right there. Florida State just made the plays at the right moments, and they were able they were efficient in the red zone in a way that LSU simply was not. But LSU wasn't that much worse than Florida State. So I feel like there's an overreaction to what happened there with this line. Because I, I, Otherwise, I don't know how you explain this. Yes, Mississippi State's run the ball well. They beat Arizona in overtime last week. But LSU is definitely 10 points better than Mississippi, than Mississippi State. I don't care if it's in Starkville. That place... Cowbells, whatever. We were there last year. We were the number one team in the country, the defending national champion, and I was I'm not impressed. Not impressed. Not a super loud environment. It's felt like didn't that feel kind of like a JV environment, Charlie? I know like with the Cowbells, obviously, but it wasn't even that loud. Yeah, that's a great comparison. Yeah, it just it didn't have that vibe for me. So I don't see it as a major home field advantage. People can say whatever they want. I don't feel that way as someone who's actually been there to a game, again a, a game against the number one team in the country, and they'll be they'll be excited, but I. There's only so many people there, right? So LSU, I think they have more talent here. I think Jane Daniels will respond well to what happens for State. I think LSU wants to make amends for what happens for State. Now, you can only make so many amends when you're playing a team like Mississippi State, but this is the first Power 5 opponent they've had since that loss to Florida State, and they are going to come out swinging, in my opinion, here. They're going to try to remind people that LSU is still here to play. It's a conference opener for them. They, can, they still have the SEC West in their sights. So I think LSU comes out. I think they win by multiple touchdowns in this game. All right. Well, the defending Big 12 champion Kansas State is heading to Como this weekend for a fun non-conference matchup with Missouri. Uh, Missouri has looked a little shaky, to say the least, over the first two weeks of the season, only beating MTSU 23-19 to last week. Maybe a look-ahead spot, perhaps? Potentially, or maybe just Missouri is not that good possibly definitely not encouraging uh kansas state will roll into columbia as a four-point road favor i do not have this on my card what's your take on this game i do have this on my card charlie so yes you are correct that game last week against middle tennessee state i watched not all that but a good portion of it they 
were not inspiring. I see. I mean, it was a four-point game, and it wasn't like one of those games where Missouri was driving up and down the field, but they just turned the ball over in the red zone. They couldn't capitalize. Like, no, that's not what happened. It was just a really closely fought game. They outgained Middle Tennessee State 316 yards to 285 yards. I told you guys during the offseason, we did our Missouri Scout the Enemy episode. If Brady Cook ends up winning that quarterback job, and he's the guy for them, they are going to be very average, just like they were last year, because that's what Brady Cook is. He does not have the high ceiling. The floor is fine, but he does not have a high ceiling. And right now, he is the guy. He took every single snap last week for Missouri. Sam Horn did not get in the game. And what was Brady Cook? Well, 14 of 19, 204 yards. All right, that's, that's, who, that's who Brady Cook is. The running game, it, it's fine. They're heavy outside zone. They, uh, Cody Schrader, their top guy, which is, by the way, the guy that Malachi Starks tracked down last year in that game. 23 carries, 84 yards. They don't do anything particularly well. Yes, Luther Burden is a good football player. He is their star receiver. He's their best offensive weapon, but that's it. They really don't have any other weapons offensively. They really don't. In Kansas State, I don't think they're going to win the Big 12 again this year because Texas exists, but this is a team that has a lot returning from last year's squad. They have Trayshawn Ward, who was a really good running back at Florida State that transferred over there. They have... Philip Brooks back at wide receiver, who's also a good return man. So they have weapons and, a lot, and they have experience, and they're very, very well coached. I know this game is in Columbia, Missouri. Charlie, as much as I love Como, and I, I think you're a big fan of Como too, right? Yeah, it's a great place. Yeah, fantastic town. As great as that town is, it's just not an overwhelmingly loud environment. Even when the number one team in the country was there last year and when we played there in the past— it's, it's not that loud. It's just, it's just not. In fact, it's rarely full. Now, maybe once they get rolling again, that'll change, but they're not rolling right now. So I don't see this as an overwhelming home field advantage. I think Kansas State is just the better football team. So I'm going to take Kansas State. I think it was at minus three and a half, Charlie. I think it might have gone down to minus three. I'm going to check this here real quick. No, it's, it was at four, like you said, but it's down to minus, it's three and a half now. So I'm going to take the three and a hook here. I feel like Kansas State is a touchdown better than Missouri. So, uh, yeah, give me the Wildcats over over the Tigers. All right. Well, Florida and Tennessee are renewing their bitter rivalry in the swamp in primetime on Saturday night. If you would have told me a month ago that Tennessee would be less than a touchdown favorite against Florida, I would have called you crazy. But here we are two days out from the game, and Tennessee is only a six-and-a-half point favorite. I think people are catching on to the reality that Joe Milton isn't actually any good. If only someone would have told them that before the season, you know? Yeah, but also, is Florida any good? That's it remains the other, to be seen. Yeah, that's the they other They honestly might be a little bit better than I thought they would be. I still don't think they're going to – I don't think they're good. I don't, I don't think they get to six wins. The schedule's so tough. But they're a little bit more competent. I mean, that they did – I mean, look, they, they lost to a Utah team. They didn't have a starting quarterback and didn't have Brent Keith, their best playmaker on offense. But they looked a little bit more competent than maybe I thought they would. Do you have a play on this one, Charlie? Well, I was going to ask you who you want to win this game. Oh, Charlie. Um, this is what this is the nuclear bomb game. You want the nuclear bomb to drop on the stadium. That's what you want in a game like this. I know that sounds terrible, right? Am I evil for saying that? Yes. Say, spare the women and children. Still is, Can you make a nuclear bomb that just kills losers? Still Can't still do that? Mean. Ah, man. Okay. Well, I guess we can't say that. Um, weather delay causes the game to get canceled? Can I, is that, can I go with that? Sure. Lightning? Okay. As long as no one gets hurt. Act of God where no one gets hurt? That's what I would prefer here. Oh, Charlie. Um, I'm going to Oh, God. I don't know. I think I want... Tennessee to win, and here's why. God, I hate Tennessee so much, but I expect Tennessee to be solid this year, a 9-10 win caliber team, although I don't know what Joe Milton's been looking like. 
But I do expect them to be a, you know solid, at least an eight-win team. Florida has a chance to really bottom out this year, and we are up against Florida for a couple of recruits like LJ McCray. And I and look, Billy Napier is doing a good job on the recruiting trail. If he can stick around long enough, he might actually build something there. So I'm hoping that he doesn't stick around long enough, and they have to go and make a hire, and they screw up that hire again. So I'm kind of hoping that they just bottom out this year. And is it mean if I say I hope he gets fired? That's terrible too. Yeah, we don't want. He, he's a to nice lose guy. He's, well. I mean, even if it's good for Georgia, yes. Charlie, he's made how many million dollars? Like, do you really feel bad for him? How many million dollars is he gonna make in two years? Like, well, come on, why are we feeling bad for the guy? You hate for people to look embarrassed and feel embarrassed. But you, you got plenty, know, plenty of money in the bank to make it's up. It's a for moral that. dilemma. I know it is. A, it is a moral. That's a good way to put it, Charlie. It's a moral dilemma. So, I guess Tennessee. I want Florida bottom out. I think they have the chance to bottom out. Tennessee's not going to bottom out. I think Florida can, and I would love to see that. So. I guess that's my rooting interest in this game. Um, but, yeah, so I guess I'll go Tennessee. Do you have a, a play on this one? Um, yes, I am taking Tennessee minus six and a half for sure. Yeah. I just – Joe Milton, yeah, not great. But also, like, Florida is horrible. I think they're horrible. Offensively, they don't look great. Defensively, they might have some decent pieces there. I really I, – Charlie, I, I'm with you. I think Tennessee's clearly seven points better than Florida, but it's a night game in the swamp. Does that factor in for you at all, the fact that it's at night in a pretty tough stadium, if, it, if they actually show up because they don't always show up in the swamp? I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I'm the Yeah, the humidity. I know we got kind of a – not a cold front, but it's cooler weather. I don't know what it's like in Florida. Who cares? Gainesville, nobody cares about that. I, I just can't escape the feeling, though, Charlie. Like I feel like Tennessee is way better than, than six and a half more points better than, than Florida. But it's one of these spreads, like, does somebody know something I do not know? I know that Joe Milton was uninspiring last week against Austin P. I know Tennessee was uninspiring as a team against Austin P. I get that. Is this somewhat of an overreaction as well early in the season? I kind of get that feeling. But also, again, does someone know something I don't know? Sometimes when you have these lines that just seem so obvious to you, it doesn't always end up working out that way. So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to stay away from the, the spread in this one. I'm going to go Tennessee team total under 32. Tennessee team total under 32. They might hit 31, but Joe Milton, Charlie, I'm telling people this all offseason. You guys didn't need me to tell you this. You know Joe Milton. There's a reason he got beat out for jobs two different times before this year, including at Tennessee. The dude doesn't have what it takes to be an actual quarterback. Yes, he has this insanely monstrous arm. That does you no good if you cannot actually hit open receivers. It does you no good if you cannot actually read defenses. It does you no good if you don't actually have pocket presence. He doesn't have any of that, right? He just doesn't, not consistently at least. He might make an explosive play here or there, but he doesn't do it on a consistent basis. So I do think Tennessee wins this game because I just don't trust Florida's offense. And I think Tennessee's defense is better than people want to give it credit for. So I think Tennessee wins. I think it'll be a fairly-ish close game uh, because I just don't trust Joe Milton on the road right now. So I think Tennessee wins. They score somewhere between 27, 31 points, probably win this game like 30 to 17, something like that. So I'm going to take Tennessee under 32. If I had to pick a side, I would lean Tennessee minus six and a half, definitely. I just, I'm gun shy right now with Joe Milton on the road in the swamp. I'm just gun shy there. So I'll probably regret that. I really want to put this on my card, but I'm, I'm going to stick away from that. All right. One more matchup to talk about, and then we'll get into free play. Uh, 
In another Big 12 SEC matchup, we have Arkansas hosting BYU. The Hogs beat the Cougars in Provo last year, but struggled to pull away from Kent State last week. And Kent State is one of the worst teams in FBS football. They are horrific. Right. So still, the Hogs are an eight-point home favorite in this game. Uh, Tyler, I know you're deeply invested in another Arkansas win total this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, after that game last week, don't remind me. How are you feeling after this Kent State game? Not great. I mean, it's but it's like the games that we've been playing. How much can you tell? But you would like Arkansas to still beat them more than what, 27-6, something like that, like or 24-6, whatever it was. They got to beat them more than that. Because, I mean, UCF the week before beat Kent State 56-6, and they could have beat them by 100 if they wanted to. They just stopped throwing the ball. So, yeah, slightly concerning there, but... I'm still sticking with, sticking with the Hogs. Sticking with the Hogs for now. All right. Uh, any any other thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, I have a I have a thought or two in this game. I'm not. I don't, am I going to put this on the card? I don't. No, I'm holding off. I'm. I'll, I'll tease this. Arkansas might show up in my parlay. They might show up in the parlay, but I'm not going to. Because take the line here, the eight. If it was seven, I would I would consider it. Now they did go into BYU and they won last week. BYU did not look good last week at all. I mean, they almost lost that game. So I, Arkansas is going to, I feel comfortable saying Arkansas is going to win by eight points. If that Kent State game had not happened, I would have said, oh yeah, give me Arkansas plus or minus eight, of course. But I'm a little gun shy after that Kent State game. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I didn't watch that Kent State game. I watched like a drive because uh, I'm still watching games, guys. There's so many games, good games left from last week I'm still trying to watch. So I didn't, haven't had a chance to watch much of that game. So I don't have an overly well-formed opinion on Arkansas right now. I'll get one more after this week, but I'm rooting for the Hogs. I want to take them because I, I am deeply invested in their win total, like you said, Charlie. But I don't know. That Kent State game kind of scared me off of this of this eight-point line. So now I'm, I'm going to stick away from the line, and I might tease a little parlay action later. All right. Well, that's all of the pre-planned uh, games we had. How many picks do you have left? I've got like... Eight or nine left, Charlie. And we'll get to the open season here in just a minute. Is it cool if we take a, a quick little break here? Absolutely. Let's do it real fast. I want to remind you guys about Alumni Hall. I know a lot of you are coming in town this weekend. Some of you making your third trip, some making your second, some making your first. But whether or not you've been by Alumni Hall in the past couple of weeks or not, but you can never go to Alumni Hall too many times, guys. They've always got something new. They have the best George gear that you're going to find anywhere. Best brands, best selections, best women's selection, best men's selection, best hat selection, best customer service, really the best everything. And they are open bright and early at 8 a.m. And if you're tailgating even earlier than that, that's cool. Do you. More power to you. If you stay in the night, Sunday, they will be open also at 10 a.m. So you can stop in on your way out of town and pick up your 2023 Georgia game day gear. So make sure to stop in on your way to town, guys. Or if you're not coming to town, stop by online at alumnihall.com to get the same great selection of Georgia Bulldogs gear. So do yourself a favor, guys, and shop at Alumni Hall because Alumni Hall is where the Bulldogs shop. All right, I only have five more picks before we get into parlays. I have like eight or nine, so do you want me to go take a couple of them? Yeah, go ahead. All right, you just cut me off, Charlie, when you're ready to jump in here. I am going to go, let's let's do a little more SEC action. This is not a premier SEC team, but an SEC team some way, somehow, nonetheless. Let's go Vanderbilt here. I'm going to go Vanderbilt minus four and a half. Yes, they let me down last week against Wake Forest. Weather had a lot to do with that, and Vanderbilt actually... 
moved the ball well in that game. They turned the ball over three times, and some of those were in scored position. That's ultimately what cost them. They lost that game by 16. They were 10-point dogs. So they, I mean, I know, yes, they lost by two-plus touchdowns, but the game, if you watched it, which I did, was closer than that final margin would seem to indicate. Fairboat's not good. They're not, but... They, I think they are better than UNLV. Yes, they are traveling to Vegas, which makes this a little bit more interesting. But the spread's four and a half here. I think Vandy wins by a touchdown plus. UNLV is going to be pretty solid under Barry Odom. I don't think that they are there right now. I think Vanderbilt does have some weapons offensively with McGowan and with Will Shepard. I do think A.J. Swan has talented quarterback. He turns the ball over, though. That's the problem with him. If he can just protect the football and be safe and make good decisions and get the ball to those playmakers... I think they can win this game. They're not good on defense. I just don't think UNLV has the firepower to be able to outscore Vandy here. So give me the doors. This might be their last chance for a dub on the season, Charlie. Maybe they can sneak in one in the SEC some way, somehow. But right now, I'm going Vandy minus four and a half to get that final win of the year. All right. I think that they will also be able to cover the spread. So I'm adding that to my card. Similar reasons. Go doors. Go doors. I mean, they're they're inoffensive, right? Like unless they're playing us, go doors. That's just yes, a general principle. I, I have no issue with Vanderbilt. So yes. All right. So I got that one. You me keep going. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so we got Vandy out of the way. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna go with another solid t- game here. Let's go. I don't have any like. There's just not many big games this week, Charlie. So let me do one. I got a two for one special in. All right. Let's go to Boston College. Let's go to Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts where the Florida State Seminoles are a 26-point road favorite over the Eagles. I'm taking Florida State minus 26, guys. Boston College is terrible this year. They were not good last year. They lost Phil Djurkovic at quarterback, and they're probably worse this year. And don't believe me? Well, consider this. They lost to Northern Illinois at home by a field goal in overtime in Week 1. Okay, Northern Illinois, MAC team, whatever. Then they turned around last week and barely beat Holy Cross. They beat Holy Cross by three points and outgained them by nine yards. Boston College is horrific. Florida State, if they just come out there and like don't fall down dead on the field, like if they actually just show up, they're going to win this game by 26 plus points. So I'm absolutely riding the Florida State train here. And I'm going to go with Florida State again, two for one special. If Florida State, if I think they're going to win by 26, I don't think Boston College might not score. They really might not score against Florida State. They're not a good team right now. I'm going Florida State over 36 points. I think that's easy. I mean, you're telling me Florida State's not going to score at least 36 points against Boston College. That's crazy talk. They're going to score 36 points. They're going to be Boston College by four touchdowns plus. So going to be FSU minus 26 and Florida State over 36 points team total. All right, Charlie, you want to jump in here? I'll give you a couple of them. All right, sure. I am going to go with LSU. Not LSU. There is an L and there is an S and there is a U. We already did LSU, yes. Louisville minus 10 at Indiana. Louisville has better quarterback play. Indiana. Indiana can't score. They're Indiana. Yeah, they are Indiana. Decent defensively, they can't score. Yeah, so I'm taking Louisville to cover the 10. I like that play, Charlie. I strongly considered that. Let's uh, tease that one. It might be something that shows up on my parlay later in the show as well. All right. 
I'm going to go, again, there's not many great games this week. I like this one, though. West Virginia. This line has moved around a little bit this week. I got it at minus one. So I'm going West Virginia minus one at home over Pitt in the backyard brawl. Might not be a sexy matchup. Guys, I love college football. And one of the reasons I love college football are the just the dirty, nasty rivalries. And this is one of them. West Virginia got beat by Penn State in week one, but I thought they comported themselves fairly well. I thought they did some really good things. C.J. Donaldson at running back is a really, really good running back. I think Green at quarterback is an athletic player that can do some things, that can that can create plays for them. Pitt, I mean, that's that, speaking of Phil Jerkovich with, B, with BC, that's where he is now. Guys, Pitt lost to Cincinnati convincingly at home last week. And Cincinnati, I don't think Cincinnati's any good. I mean, Emory Jones is Cincinnati's quarterback, guys. He just transferred in there after transferring to Arizona State last year. It didn't work out for him there. Now he's at Cincinnati. Pitt lost to them at home. They're traveling to West Virginia and the renewal of the backyard ball. West Virginia gave him a fight last year at Pitt. I think that the Mountaineers are going to get this one. So I'm going to take WVU. Give me the Mountaineers minus one over Pitt. All right. Why don't you go ahead and take another? All right. Let's go. Let's go to the state of Texas. Let's go TCU. I know they got, I think it beat down. That's the thing about TCU in this Colorado game. Everyone wants to act like Colorado just whooped up on TCU. Guys, they barely won the game. They won the game by three points. Tip your cap. Give them credit. They also gave up like 500 yards of offense in that game. TCU can score. They can move the football. Houston, I'm not convinced, is very good on offense and very good in general right now. I know this game is at Houston. This is actually, by the way, a Big 12 matchup now. So I like the Horn Frogs here. I think Chandler Morris can do some things. I think they really reloaded well at the uh, receiver position. Defensively, obviously, that was a really bad look against Colorado. That was more blown assignments, blown coverages. You like you like to think they get that straightened out. Joe Gillespie is a good defensive coordinator. Colorado game notwithstanding, national championship notwithstanding. Because you gotta remember that TCU defense was just horrific in 2021. He turned it around last year. I mean, to a degree, but to a significant degree. And they're not going to be great this year because they don't have that kind of talent. But I think he'll get those things kind of straightened out. I don't believe much in Houston. I watched that entire game they played in week one against UTSA. Very tight game. UTSA could have easily won that game. Houston ends up pulling it out. But I'm going to, I'm going to take the Horn Frogs here. Minus seven and a half on the road at Houston. I don't love the hook, but I think TCU can get it by two scores. All right. I'm going to jump over to the ACC for UNC um, playing Minnesota. I've been impressed with Drake May. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Receiver situation, yeah. The the, the NCAA's decision was just That's not what I was talking about. But yes, also, the defense has been playing better. Against South Carolina with that that non-existent offensive line South Carolina has, yes. Yes, but still, I mean. Better than last year. Progress. Yes, progress. Um, So I'm going to take the Tar Heels minus seven and a half. The hook doesn't scare you? I mean, after last week, nothing scares me. <laughs> Why not? You're just you're just taking shots. I get it. Yeah, I consider that one too, Charlie. The hook. The hook scared me away on that one. Although I did just take the hook there in TCU. But yeah, I, I think you're probably on the right side of that. I just don't think I have the confidence to go there. All right. You do some ACC action. Let's stay in the ACC. Let's go Duke versus Northwestern. Now, Duke is an overwhelming like 18-point favorite in this game. They'll probably cover. They're at home. But I'm not taking the, the spread. I'm not taking a side. I'm taking Duke Northwestern under 48 and a half. Yeah, I like Riley Leonard. He's a good quarterback. He is. They have some good players. Jalen Calhoun at receiver is a good player. But Duke's still not like a high-powered offense. And Northwestern is atrocious, guys. I watched, I did this to myself. This is how much of a masochist I am. This is how much I love college football. I watched week one. I watched every single snap of Northwestern Rutgers on that Sunday. Every single snap. 
And I loved every single second of it, even though it was brutal football because Northwestern simply cannot move the football. It, it, it is a disgrace to offensive football what Northwestern is trying to put out there right now. So Duke's not great defensively. They're a good solid team, but Northwestern just cannot score right now. I think Duke probably puts 30 on them. 30-plus, but I don't think they get to 48. And Northwestern might not score. I mean, they might score a touchdown, maybe 10 points. Maybe they get to 10. They can't They can't move the football, guys. It was so bad to watch. So I'm going to go under 48.5 with the Duke-Northwestern game. All right, I have two left. What are you at? I got two. Okay. All right, I am going to go with Cincinnati to cover the 14 versus Miami of Ohio. I like that. I mean, Cincinnati was impressive. I did not think that was going to be a good team coming to the year, but... Going to Pitt last week was impressive. Emory Jones, I mean, some way, somehow, is playing pretty good football right now for the first time in his career, at least on a consistent basis through two weeks. I like that, Charlie. I like that one. Should I add that? Huh. No, I'm going to stick off on that one. All right, I'm going to go, this is not the ACC, but an old ACC matchup. I'm going to go Maryland minus 14.5 against Virginia. Guys, Virginia might be, they might be the worst Power 5 team this year. They they are going to be in the running for that. They are so bad. I mean, a lot of you might have watched that Tennessee game week one. Talk about bad offensive lines. That offensive line was atrocious. They're right up there with South Carolina's offensive line. They can't move the football. They can't score. They can't really stop much of anything. They lost to JMU at home last week. Maryland is not great, but Tugamailoa is back. Talia's back, and he doesn't have the same weapons that he had a year ago, but Virginia is that bad. So Maryland, yes. I Again, I don't love the hook here. 14, I'd be all over it. I mean, I'm still over it, just maybe not all over it. Give me Maryland, minus 14 and a half over Virginia. All right, my last pick before we get into parlays. I, I don't I don't want to do this because... Don't do it. I don't, don't like do it. Colorado. I know, I know what you're going to do. Don't do it. However... They've been good to you the first two weeks. They have been good to me for two weeks. And... I guess Deion Sanders is mad about what the coach at Colorado State said. So Deion Sanders, they invent things to be mad about. Like they just well, make up. Like, they are he, the ultimate straw men. He's not the only coach to do that. No, but Charlie, he takes it to like the infinite degree. I mean, he's quite dramatic. <laughs> yeah, but I That's am going to take. I am going to take Colorado to cover the twenty-three and a half. Disgusting. I know. I, don't I mean, it's the do right it, play. It's the right play. I just. I can't. It's a principal play for I me to not. Believe I'm not going to bet on Colorado this year. It's a principal play for me. Well, because I, I cannot cheer for them to win. I can't. I can't well, do it. I can't mean, do it. Maybe, maybe I'm the old man shouting at someone to get off my yard. Maybe. I can't believe all of those shows are going there this week. It's absurd. It's, I mean, it's not a great lineup of games, not a great slate. But yeah, I'm with you there, Charlie. But they they rate, and that's what it's about. It's about ratings. All right, my last one here today. If we get to our parlays and upset specials. I'm going to go completely off the radar here, guys. I know none of you will watch this game or really even care about this game, but it doesn't matter if you care about it if you're betting on it because you will care about it. Give me Georgia State minus seven at Charlotte. Charlotte is a very, very bad football team. they got a new coach in this year. They're not hitting on really any cylinders right now. Georgia State's a good team, man. Granger at quarterback is a really athletic guy. They do a good job down there. So I, I like Georgia State. I know it's on the road. Georgia State's a good, solid power, or G5, not power, G5 football team in the Sun Belt. So give me Georgia State minus seven at Charlotte. I, I like the Panthers in this one. All right, do you want to do upset specials or parlays? I say parlays first. Like those upset specials for last. All right, my parlay is a four-leg parlay. It ends up being plus 140. Um, I have LSU over Mississippi State, 
Tennessee over Florida, Ole Miss over Georgia Tech, and Tulane over Southern Miss, all money line. I like it, Charlie. I like it. All right, I am going to take this a step further this week. So I gave you two winning parlays the first two weeks. I'm feeling myself a little bit here, so I'm going to go from a three-leg parlay, not to a four-leg parlay. I'm going to a five-leg parlay. Yes, this is risky business, fellas, but I like this one. I I mean, tell me who's going to lose here. I got LSU over Mississippi State. Arkansas over BYU, TCU over Houston, Louisville over Indiana, and Maryland over Virginia. I like all five of those teams to win straight up on the money line. Put those five teams together, those five money line bets together, you come out to plus 225 odds. I like it, guys. We won the first two, and we are going to win again today. All right. Upset specials are upset specials for a reason. They are unpredictable. I am going to take Mizzou over Kansas State. Whoa, going on a limb. At home. I think they're going to rally. I think they can do it. I don't think that's crazy. I like. I do like Kansas State. I mean, it is a slim line for a reason. It has moved, actually. It went from five down to three and a half. So somebody see something you see there, Charlie. So I don't think that's crazy at all. I like that upset special. This is a week where you know, there's not many opportunities are upset special. I just don't see that many opportunities out there. I'm going to take one, a team that I watched last because I had a bet on them. I like Purdue here. Now, Purdue is not a dynamic team, but Hudson Card from from Texas back in the day, he's transferred to, to Purdue. Ryan Walters is a young coach that's really energetic. He's a defensive guy. And he's got that defense playing pretty pretty good football better than they have played. They have a couple playmakers on offense. They have this guy at running back that Mockaby, who's just he is he has such a weird running style, but he runs so hard. I wish our guys would run like that. They're playing Syracuse at home. Now Syracuse it is 2-0, but they've kind of played nobody, so you don't really want to think about them. Garrett Schrader is back for his third year as starting quarterback at Syracuse, so he, that's something, of course, but he you know, he can run the ball. He's a great dynamic threat with his legs. He is a below-average passer. Robert Anai, who really helped spearhead their resurgence last year as the offensive coordinator, he is gone. He's gone to NC State, so he's not there. I think Purdue is going to get Syracuse at home. So give me the Boilermakers over the orange. I like that upset special. All right, last chance to add any picks. That's all I got, Charlie. We had to, we had to really dig deep to find these bets this week. It's, the slate's not great. But it's football nonetheless. It's football. We love it. All right, so I have LSU minus 9.5 over Mississippi State, Tennessee minus 6.5 over Florida, Vandy minus 4.5 over UNLV, Louisville minus 10 over Indiana, UNC minus 7.5 over Minnesota, and unfortunately, Colorado, minus 23.5 over Colorado State. Parlay, plus 140, all money line, LSU, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Tulane, and upset special, Mizzou over Kansas State. All right, Charlie, hand me that notebook, which is not a spreadsheet, by the way. I've got LSU, minus 9.5 over Mississippi State. Give me Kansas State, Charlie. You and I are fighting on that one. I got Kansas State minus 3.5 at Missouri. Give me Tennessee team total under 32. Is it not the same Tennessee offense? And they're on the road in the swamp. Florida's defense is not great, but they're solid-ish. Give me Vandy minus 4.5 at UNLV. This might be Vandy's last shot for a dub this season. Give me FSU. I got a two-for-one special here. Give me FSU minus 26 at Boston College. Give me FSU over 36 points team total, which Charlie, you did not put on here. So I'm going to have to add this. See, Charlie, if you had a spreadsheet, we would have had this. 
West Virginia minus one at home against Pitt. Give me Duke Northwestern under 48 and a half. Maryland minus 14 and a half versus Virginia. Give me Georgia State, completely off the radar. Georgia State minus seven at Charlotte and some G5 action. My parlay got a five-legger here. We got LSU, Louisville, Arkansas, Maryland, and TCU all the money line straight up with plus 225 odds. And upset special, give me them Boilermakers. Boilermakers over the orange, Purdue over Syracuse. All right, Charlotte, how are we feeling about this week? Hope it's better than last week. I don't want to say it has to be because it doesn't have to be, but I'm rooting for you, Charlie. And this is what happens. You have a bad week and things bounce back. It's going to happen. You're probably going to beat me by three games this week. I mean, yeah, it's fine. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. No, you just don't care about anything. I do care. Do you? But I mean, like, it's... You got that even keel vibe, Charlie. It's for fun. It's not, like, going to... I mean, it is for fun. It's also for money. I, I bet responsibly, so right, right, if right, I lose, right, right. it's not, then it's not like, the other world. Yeah. Right. But it's like the ego, Charlie. You want to win. I don't really have one of those. That's actually true. You're like... Unless it's only... tennis. But I don't even think in tennis you do. You're I just... like to win in tennis. Oh. I've seen you give a little fist pump here and there. Yes. Out there on the courts. I've seen that before. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, guys. Well, that's all we got for you today. We got some winners. We got some winners for you. So take these picks. Use them at MyBookie. If you're a new user, use the promo code UGA at MyBookie.ag to get 50% added as a bonus to that first deposit. So make sure to take advantage of that while you still can, guys. But thank you for being here. Have an awesome football Saturday. Go dogs! It's nice to actually have a real live football game that's not a glorified scrimmage so i'm pumped up i know you're pumped up charlie might or might not be pumped up who knows sure sure there you go you can see you can hear her voice right pumped up guys so we're all fired up here we have a great weekend i'm tyler thank you charlie and as always go dogs